So Cheryl and I have six grandchildren. They range in age from 21 all the way down to four. Now, the oldest kids who are 17, 19, 21, they no longer do what it is I'm going to suggest, but they did at one time. But the other ones, the 13-year-old, the 6-year-old, the 4-year-old, whenever they come to our house, sooner or later, they want to be measured. My grandson always loved to go and stand and make sure that he was getting taller than Cheryl, my wife. And now he measures to see how much longer does he have before he'll be my height. The little ones, they get back to back with one another to see who's the tallest, or they ask us to measure them. It just seems like this is a ritual that has gone on for years and years and years. The kids love to know they're getting taller. They're growing. And it is amazing the degree to which not seeing them for three or four months changes their appearance. When the little one came, she just came for a visit with her mom, Emily. And when we saw Charlotte, we were just, oh my gosh, how much she has grown. I'm sure the same thing has happened for you. Some homes you go to, they have some place where they have marked off and then they'll put the date down. This is how tall you were on this particular date. And they log the journey of growth that happens in their children and in their grandchildren. Well, you know, to be honest with you, there is a quality of that that is shown in the Christian life. You know, the Christian life is so much about a process. It's about a journey. It's about growing. Now, I, I want to make it crystal clear as I go down this road that I am absolutely convinced that a Christian receives everything they need for life and godliness on the very day that they ask Christ to take them into his heart. Just like Paul said in Ephesians, you get all that you need for life and for godliness. That happens on the first day. But it's kind of like a seed that's planted in the ground. The seed has all the potential to someday sprout and become a small tree, a seedling, and then grow into a tree, and then pretty soon sprout buds and have apples. It's all contained within that little seed. But with the right nurture and over time, that seed transforms into something absolutely miraculous and wonderful. And so there, there's this passage that comes in Paul's second letter to the Thessalonian Christians, and, and he comments about the fact that they're growing. Listen to what he says. We always thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. I mean, isn't that a, a neat picture? The whole idea that faith is growing. Now, I don't know if it's true of you, but it has been true of me and is still true in me. There are times I so focus 
on what is not true in my Christian life yet, what has not yet borne fruit, that I can get discouraged as though nothing has happened. But the Christian life is about growing. And do you know, if you would, for example, take one of your little grandchildren and with them plant an apple seed, and all of a sudden, over time, the little bit of a shoot starts coming forward, you would rejoice in that. You wouldn't complain that, wow, there's no apple yet. You would rejoice in the amount of growth that has happened, and you'd continue to nurture it, believing that as it grows, it will, in fact, bear good fruit. And so I want to encourage you. Your faith is growing. Let it grow. Your love is increasing. Be excited about that. Maybe it would be good for you to not be quite so judgmental about your own Christian life. And especially not be judgmental about someone else's Christian life. But to recognize this issue that we're on a long journey, as Eugene Peterson once called it, a long obedience in the same direction. And that we grow over time. That it is part, again, of what Teilhard de Chardin called that long, slow work of God. But there is movement. And every experience, every day, every opportunity, every challenge is part of the design of causing us to grow. I just love that notion that Paul was rejoicing because they were growing, not complaining because they hadn't arrived. And he goes so far and says, there's no reason that we shouldn't thank God for this. We're glad to be thanking God because we see growth is happening. What a good word. I mean, I do this with my grandchildren, applaud their growth in every different dimension, there's a degree to which we need to be able to do that with one another, but also look at our own lives and just thank God that the Christian life is a journey, a process, and that our investment and our commitment is to position ourselves to grow over time. Now, what's interesting to me about that statement is that before the chapter ends, the first chapter of 2 Thessalonians, Paul says that he's praying for these people. And what he's praying is related to God's activity in their lives. Not their own efforts, but God's activity. He says this, I'm praying that God may make you worthy of his calling. That by his power, he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. You see, this brings us right back to this very, very important principle of the Christian life. That God's up to something. That God is at work in us. 
He's not leaving this completely up to us. He doesn't lay out the expectations regarding the destination of the Christian life and then throw ourselves back upon ourselves, but God participates. I love this fact that God would make you worthy of his calling. There's two things to that. First, that God is up to something. And that becoming worthy of the calling of God is not totally up to you, except that you're willing to surrender to the ongoing activity of God that causes you to grow. Just think about that. God is working to make you worthy. He knows where you are today. He knows where you still need to grow. He knows where you still have a tendency to stumble. And yet he's at work. And we pray that he stays at work. And then he goes on and says that it's his power that brings to fruition every desire we might have for goodness. See, this is the good thing about it. We, we get to cry out to God. We get to pray, oh, Lord, I wish I were more loving, caring, generous. And if that's truly a heart's desire for you, that you want your life to be more of a sacramental offering to other people, if that's your heart desire, know that God's at work to make that all happen. That's, that's precisely what the scripture is saying. I, I think we need to rehearse over and over again this unbelievable theological principle that God does not throw all of our growth back upon ourselves. That if we would work harder and perform more, then we would progress. But that God is a partner in this. That it's God's power that is at work inside of us. And that ours is to be grateful and thankful and surrender to what God is doing. I think those two principles are really important for us today. That the Christian life is about growing and increasing. And it happens to such a large degree because God is up to something. And if only we can take a posture of gratitude and surrender, so grateful that God is at work inside of us and willing to surrender to his activity and choose into that, all of a sudden we recognize that we're beginning to grow and that growth makes all the difference in the world. So I guess I would say to you today that as a follower of Jesus, I want to join with Paul and say, I thank God for you, brothers and sisters, that you are growing, growing in your faith, increasing in your love. And I want to encourage you today. This is not up to you. It's not all up to you. But God is up to a good work. And it is ours to both give thanks and to surrender to what he's doing 
Our God is very, very faithful. He loves us with a Father's love. And I know how hard it is at times to even believe that in a world that presses against us with so much evil. And yet he is good. All that he does is good. And he's absolutely crazy about you.